Good news, everyone! I was able to put down Pokemon Go long enough to record a podcast! Yay! Well, Hollywood has some interesting offerings for us this week. We have two movies from the silver screen's blandest actress, Heisenberg is on the other side of the law, and the distant sound of millions of nerds crying out in agony. As always, I am Billiam, your beloved host. This is the week of July 15th, and you're listening to Future Flicks. Let's start off with something that sounds a lot like shoes. That's right. It's the news. This weekend's box office numbers is as follows. The Secret Life of Pets comes in first place with $103.2 million, followed by The Legend of Tarzan at $20.6 million. A close third is Finding Dory, still on the list at $20.4 million. Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates next at $16.6 million. And The Purge Election Year hanging on at $11.7 million. Why did I just go over the list of top five weekend box office numbers? Maybe it's a new segment I'm working on. Who knows? We'll see. But it's actually a slow news week for movies. Uh, there are only two stories that I'm going to talk about. The first is that Ray Parker Jr. is reported as saying the new Ghostbusters theme song is interesting. According to the musician, he didn't want to say anything disparaging about the song, and he, he didn't really want to make any comments either, but I'm guessing that he doesn't like it. Otherwise, what's the harm in saying, oh, it was good. I, I liked it. Good job, guys. So he probably hated it, and he just wanted to be a bro about it. He wanted to be cool. He wanted to go, no, I will refrain from commenting. Let's just say it was interesting. If you haven't heard it, it's by Fallout Boy and Missy Elliott, and it is complete and utter garbage. It sounds like glass shards are being shoved in my ear by Mike Tyson's pinky. I really like Fallout Boy. Save Rock and Roll was one of the best albums in the last decade, in my opinion. And they were terrible. Even when they added Missy Elliott, it just got worse. I've never been a Missy Elliott fan. I think she is not very good at all. And adding her to this already terrible song just made it a lot worse. But that's just one more thing Ghostbusters related that's been disappointing people. The early reviews are starting to come in, and I'm hearing two things. From a lot of YouTubers and a lot of nerd bloggers, those who have got to see it early saying it's bad. It's not terrible, it's just not funny. It just doesn't have any soul. But the news outlets are reporting that fans, fans, that people who are leaving early screenings are liking it. So we will see. In fact, I will see. It's going to be a interesting, interesting time. I will see it. I will take one for the team. But I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Last in the news, Brian Cranston is reported as saying that the Power Rangers movie is going to be nothing like the TV show. For those of you who don't know, Brian Cranston is playing Zordon in the Power Rangers movie. If you weren't a child in the 90s and you, you don't know who Zordon is, he was this floating head in a... No, he wasn't actually a floating head in a jar, was he? He was just a projection. But anyway, he was just his head. That would give the Power Rangers our orders and everything and kind of be their boss. So he's playing Zordon. We have Elizabeth Banks playing Rita. And I don't know what to think. It's just really too early to tell. If it's going to be so different from the show, 
Why do they have to call it Power Rangers? Why not just make their own script and just give a nod to Power Rangers going, this was inspired by this, but this is our own thing. You know, it's okay to do that. It is okay to be inspired by already existing media and make your own thing. One of my best friends in the entire world is writing a book that started out as Warhammer 40k fan fiction, and it is fantastic. He's going his own direction on it, making his own entire new universe, and it's really good. So when that finishes, if you're listening, Darren, when that finishes, because you will finish it. So when that finishes, he'll probably just go here. This is my idea. I take heavy inspiration from this universe. Thank you very much. But here's my offering. And that's why I think that's what I think more of these people should do. Either way, Power Rangers is coming out. I don't know when. I know. I don't know something. <gasps> Shocker. But I will see it. I, I have to see it. Power Rangers was such a big part of my childhood that I am already in the seat. They have already sold me a ticket. So good, good for them. And that is it for the news. Let us get on to the movies. With my pick of the week, this one is called Cafe Society. It is a new, the newest offering from Woody Allen. And here's a synopsis. In the 1930s, a young man from the Bronx moves to Hollywood to work with his brother who runs a nightclub. He also gets to meet his uncle who represents stars like Ginger Rogers. He soon gets swept up in the high society life and falls for his uncle's secretary. This isn't the biggest movie coming out this week. We all know this. It's Ghostbusters. That's the biggest one. But I I just can't make it my pick because there's not enough hope. Again, I'll talk about that later. But this is my pick. Cafe Society, that is, is my pick because the trailers make it look good. I'm personally a fan of Woody Allen. But if you're not, then you may want to see the movie I'm going to talk about after Ghostbusters, so stay tuned for that. Well, well, actually, please stay tuned for the whole thing, which I would really appreciate, but if you only want to hear about a couple movies, stay tuned for that one. Cafe Society stars Steve Carell, of course, from the U.S. version of The Office, Jesse Eisenberg from The Social Network, and Kristen Stewart from The Twilight series. I never thought I'd have a movie with Kristen Stewart as my pick of the week, but from what I hear she's actually been cutting her teeth in the indie scene and is getting better. She is, she's one of those actresses who doesn't have a lot of range, but if she picks her characters well, she may be able to do it well. She, the reason she was so suited for Bella Swan in Twilight is because main characters in certain young adult novels are written as these emotionless blank slates that I think is so the reader can project themselves in and get more invested in the story. Either that or all these people are just garbage writers. Well, Stephanie Myers is a garbage writer. We Everyone knows this. Okay, maybe not everyone, but she she's just absolutely terrible. But back to Kristen Stewart, she has done good work. I really liked her in Adventureland, and maybe I'm really going to like her in this. Cafe Society has a great Gatsby feel to it, which is probably what I really liked about it. There's something romantic about the 1930s era, and I believe Woody Allen would be able to do it justice. But the really good thing about him, about Woody Allen, is that if you have seen any of his movies, you know, you know if you're a fan of his or not, because he has a very 
distinct style. And you're either going to go into this movie with high expectations and come out having enjoyed it, or you'll just skip it entirely because movies like Annie Hall and Vicky Cristina Barcelona were just terrible, in your opinion. Jesse Eisenberg is an interesting case because he can actually play, he actually has a little more depth than actors like Kristen Stewart, but not much. If you look at him as Lex Luthor in Batman v Superman, he does have a lot of different quirks. You can tell that he's a different character, but it's still Jesse Eisenberg when it comes down to it. He's still the fast-talking guy from the social network, but he just added a new trick or two. His strength is that he knows what roles to pick. So that way, when you watch it, you're like, well, that's kind of like his other roles, but he did still did a really good job. And hopefully that's the route Kristen Stewart is going to start taking, where she gets a little better. And then she realizes this is the kind of actress I am. These are the kind of movies I should go after. And the rest will be history. Now let's move on to the movie that we've all already formed our opinions about. That's Ghostbusters. If you don't know, the premise is as follows. Three scientists form a team dedicated to the capture and containment of ghosts. They are joined by their sassy, streetwise, subway worker friend, as they tackle the rising ghost problem in New York City. Okay, I want this to be good. I really do. I want this to be good so bad. I would much rather have this movie prove me wrong, and I would much rather be proven wrong, come home, write a review where I eat a big heaping bowl of my words, apologizing to Paul Feig and the cast, than go see the movie and have a terrible time and then go home to write a review where I tell you, yes, folks, yes, it is terrible. I do admit that the second trailer looks better, but it still doesn't look good. And that's why I can't in good conscience have this as my pick of the week, because I don't think it's going to be good. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows fooled me. While it was a garbage movie, the trailer fooled me and I thought it was going to be good. That's why it was my pick of the week. This one can't even do that. It couldn't even do what Michael Bay did and trick me in the trailer. And you know what? I am going to see this. Even if I didn't have a blog, I would still see it just because of A, that small hope, that small little iota of hope deep in my heart that it's going to be a good movie, and B, because it gives me the power to complain. That is really important. That's also why I vote, because it gives me the power to complain. But if you don't see it and you talk about what garbage it is, then your argument doesn't hold water. You can say, I didn't see it because I think it's going to be bad, and that's one thing. But if you go on bitching that it's a terrible movie and you didn't see it, then you have no right to talk. But here's a question I've been wondering lately, is that even if all the stars aligned, even if Harold Ramis was still alive, and he got Dan Aykroyd, and they wrote a script, and they got all the original cast back together, they pulled Rick Moranis out of retirement, even if they did all of that, could anything, could anything have lived up to our childhood? Or is that just best left in the past 100% untouched? So, could even the original cast have done anything to make another movie good? Or would we have gone and seen that movie and went, eh, it was good, but it wasn't the Ghostbusters. But it wasn't Ghostbusters 2. 
but it wasn't the cartoon. But it wasn't our childhood. It wasn't what we grew up on. It wasn't that thing that we watch every year, maybe even multiple times a year, with a gigantic smile on our face, with a bowl of popcorn, and we love it. We love every moment of it. I don't think it would have. I think the time for Ghostbusters has passed. I would much rather just the high C bring back Ecto Cooler just for the hell of it, and I will pull the movies off my shelf, watch Ghostbusters 1 and 2, find some of the old cartoons and watch those, pull out my Ghostbusters comic books out of my room and read those. I would much rather do that than even have to wonder if another movie is going to be any good. I would much rather do that. And here's, here's something else. Here's something else slightly off topic, but still on topic of Ghostbusters, is that the fact that it's an all-female cast doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. Oh my God, why are people making such a big deal of this? It's, it's the world. It's the world of the Ghostbusters. If a sequel has to be made, then we should just want the spirit and the story and all of that recaptured and brought to the silver screen no matter who the actors are. So if you are one of those people who are bitching about the fact that it's an all-female cast, you are dumb. Age, race, sex, gender, what have you. It doesn't matter if the person is right. If they had just changed it for a political statement or for a, for a social statement, then yes, garbage. 100% garbage. But they chose these comedians because they thought this was the best choice. And so, good, good on them. Okay, good on them for doing that. The fact that they're ladies shouldn't matter at all. What should matter more, what should really matter more, is the fact that Leslie Jones's character is a gigantic stereotype. Oh my god, how aren't we talking about this more? There's that scene in the trailer where M Melissa McCarthy gets possessed and she tackles, uh, Leslie Jones tackles Melissa McCarthy and the ghost leaves and she goes into this preacher mode where she just starts slapping her and then there's that part where she goes, hey everyone look, I got a Cadillac. And then she goes off about how she's street smart. Why aren't we talking about that more? What was great about Ernie Hudson's character, Winston Zedmore, was that he was just a dude. Because that is what the role called for. That is what the story needed, was just a dude. He was in it for the paycheck. There's a, there's a line in the first movie where they ask him, do you believe in the paranormal? I forgot exactly how they phrase it, but he said, hey, there's a steady paycheck in hand. I will believe whatever you want me to believe. I'm paraphrasing, of course, because I haven't seen the movie in a couple months, but he was just a dude. That was it. He could have been any color. He could have been any, any race, any gender, any religion, what have you. He was just a dude. Why couldn't they have done this for her? Why did they have to make her a big stereotype? You don't see Melissa McCarthy's character being the stereotypical fat character, do you? No. But okay, let me wrap this up. I'm going long on this one. Let me just end by saying this. What this all boils down to, in my also humble opinion, is that this reboot seems like a good idea put in the hands of the wrong people. And yes, I'm looking at you, Paul Feig. Because Bridesmaids was funny, but it looks like you're trying to make Bridesmaids with proton packs. And that is not cool. My vote? Don't risk it. Watch a different movie. 
or better yet, rewatch the originals. Next up on the list is a movie called The Infiltrator. A man must go back undercover for the U.S. Customs Department to uncover a money laundering scheme tied to the infamous Pablo Escobar. It's his most dangerous assignment yet, and he must go under with a brand new partner. It seems that recently, movies about Pablo Escobar have been really popular, and I can see why. It's it's a very interesting story, and it was such a big part of the war on drugs, and and so such a big part of our history. The problem with this is that it's a movie about Bryan Cranston's character going undercover, and there's this formula that a lot of undercover movies have, and I just don't want it to become another one of those movies. I mean, they're good, but if they want this to stand out at all, if they want this to be anything other than just another genre film, they're going to have to step out of that. And I think it looks like they do from the trailers. I believe it looks like they do. But again, we have to wait to see. This movie actually comes out on July 13th, so it will have two days when when it's the only new game in town. However, how many people actually know about this one? It doesn't stand a chance in hell of beating Ghostbusters this weekend. Even if, even if when the movie comes out, it has been scientifically proven as a terrible movie, it is still the biggest one. It is still a Hollywood blockbuster. It is still the one that's going to draw crowds. It could do poorly. It could still do poorly, just like Tarzan's doing poorly. I think The Infiltrator will still do worse. But here's the thing. It seems like nowadays, movies don't really care as much of how they do in the theaters. I mean, it's still a big deal. Don't even get me wrong. It's still a big deal. But the afterlife of movies, after the silver screen, is bigger than ever. It's bigger than ever now with all these streaming services with being able to rent a movie for like three or four bucks on Amazon or just on any subscription service you have, being able to just watch it on demand and still having the option of buying it on DVD and Blu-ray or Blu-ray if you like it enough. The world of movies has changed thanks to these streaming services and thanks to things like Amazon. So maybe that's why movies like this are released in the middle of blockbuster season because they're realizing that, you know, we won't make a lot of money now, but we are good enough and we have a good enough product that we will have a great afterlife. This one stars Brian Cranston, of course, from Breaking Bad, Diane Kruger, who was uh, Nicolas Cage's love interest in National Treasure, and John Leguizamo, most recently, okay, maybe not most recently, but most notably in recent history, was in John Wick. Uh, This is going to be an intense crime drama on top of the whole undercover thing. And I just have a feeling that's going to throw curveball after curveball just in an effort to distract us from seeing the ending coming. I will watch this one, but this is another one that I'm probably going to wait for at home. Because of that wonderful movie Afterlife, yay! My vote? See it. But check out the trailer and decide if you want to see it in theaters or not. The last movie I'm going to talk about before our break is Phantom Boy. 
A boy in a wheelchair learns that he has the ability to let his spirit leave his body and fly around the city like a ghost. He decides to help a cop bring down a mob kingpin. Of course! What else would a boy do if he realizes he has the power to go anywhere he wants and not be seen? In an effort to keep this a family-friendly podcast, I'm going to stop there. This is an animated movie, uh, an offering from France, and the animation looks like it was done by someone who drew inspiration from those learn-how-to-draw-manga books. I I know it's a foreign film and it's supposed to be artsy, but it still looks bad. When it comes to animation, the way it looks is key. It's a big part of it. But this one just looks like they were too into trying to make it look like an art film and not focused enough on trying to make it look good. It does seem like an interesting premise, but the trailer didn't have enough to make me want to see it. But isn't that the way with these foreign and indie films? The trailers are too busy trying to be artsy to actually tell you anything, which is a real shame because the indie circuit has some amazing films, films that should be talked about more and seen by more people, but there's such a stigma attached to them that these trailers aren't helping. So some average Joe who doesn't normally go to these movies, sees this trailer, and will go, oh, that I have no idea what that's about. This is new and it scares me. I'm going to go watch a predictable procedural crime drama. It actually took me more takes than I would like to admit to say predictable procedural crime drama, and I would like to believe it has nothing to do with the beer in my cup right now. But uh, I'm probably wrong on that. I just rewatched the trailer and found a different trailer just to see if there's anything new, but they don't tell you anything. The English, with sarcastic air quotes, trailer just has some dude with that special trailer voice telling you the premise, and that's it. Show us something. Show us some interesting scenes and some filler to make us want to go see it. They did mention that it's from the Academy Award-nominated people who did A Cat in Paris or something like that, but cool. Academy Award winners can make terrible movies, too. They're just like regular actors. I would much rather pay for a ticket to go see a single episode of Rick and Morty than a movie like this that I know nothing about. Just because at least I know I'll like Rick and Morty. I bet you if these people could make a trailer that was a little more engaging, they would probably get more butts in the seats. It could have even been my pick of the week because, you know, they're really worried about my opinion. Oh, okay. You know what you should watch instead? Here's what you should watch instead, is Waltz with Bashir. I believe I've mentioned this before, but it's a fantastic movie. came out in 2008, and it's an, get this, an animated war documentary written by Ari Fulman, and it depicts his search for his lost memories about his time as a soldier in the Lebanon War of in the 80s. That movie was great. That trailer made me want to go see it. And I did. But Phantom Boy? I won't. So my vote 
is skip this like you would skip a rock across a pond. It is not worth your time. And with that, my dear nerds, it is time for the break. And it is also time for a word from Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Would I really play the same ad for that again that I've played many times before? Of course not! Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, the bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. So yes, the answer to that question is yes. I would play the same ad again. But anyway, we're back, folks. It's time to move on with the movies. The first one bringing up the second half of the podcast is another one with Kristen Stewart. She's on a roll here, folks. This one is called Equals. In a future where no one has emotions, two people come down with a disease that lets them feel again. They now must hide their emotions from the world or risk being captured and processed back into an emotionless being. Oh my god, this is the perfect role for Kristen Stewart. Okay, I could be being mean. Okay, that was mean. Yes, okay, I'm sorry, that was mean. I haven't given her another shot yet. I haven't officially done it. But it's perfect. Oh my god, it's perfect. Though I really want to see her smile. I've heard rumors that it exists. But let's move on. This also stars Nicholas Holt, who plays Beast in the X-Men Days of Future Past, X-Men First Class, and um, X-Men Apocalypse. The early word says that this movie is bad. But remember... Critics are D-bags, so it's best to wait for the average moviegoer to give their thoughts, and and then you can really decide on if you want to see this or not. But the trailer does look interesting, and one review calls this a sci-fi Romeo and Juliet, which really piques my interest. It actually has kind of a Gattaca feeling about it, which I hope they get it right, because Gattaca was a fantastic movie, which I should watch that again. I haven't watched that in a while. But Gattaca was a great movie, and if this turns out to be anything like that, then it could very well be good. It really could, but only time will tell. My vote for this is pass, but keep it in the back of your mind for down the road. It could be a pleasant surprise later. The next movie is a straight-to-DVD release, but it's from a franchise we all know so well. Lego DC Comics Superheroes, Justice League, Gotham City Breakout. Yes, that whole thing was a title. That entire thing from Lego to Breakout was the title. Oh my god, couldn't they have shortened it? Anyway, here's the premise. Fighting crime is a full-time job, and Batman never takes a vacation. That is, until his friends decide to help him out. 
They will watch over Gotham while he takes a vacation. But of course, things don't go as planned, and Superman unwittingly releases all of the bad guys in Arkham Asylum, and the team must round them all up, or else Batman will find out. This looks fun. This looks like a fun movie, but I just don't see myself buying it. Something like this should come as a extra on a special edition of the next Lego video game. Not sold in a store. But people buy it. If you're one of those people, more power to you. You do your thing. Or if you're a parent in your 20s or 30s, this could be a gift you get your kids and watch it with them and maybe you too will enjoy it. Who knows? The only names of note in this are going to be people like Nolan North, who, who does a lot of voice acting, most notably from the Uncharted series of video games, as he's the voice of Drake. And also John DiMaggio, who any decent nerd will know from Futurama as the voice of Bender. Also Adventure Time, the voice of Jake. He was also in... Princess Mononoke, which I just learned, as Gonza, he was Lady Eboshi's personal guard. And interestingly enough, Sarah Hyland is in this. She's the eldest daughter from the main family in the show Modern Family. She was more recently in the movie Satanic, which I talked about a couple weeks ago, which no one went to see. But you know what? Good for her. Just keep on grabbing whatever role you can until you get your big break. If you get your big break. My vote, pass. Unless you find it for a really good price somewhere. Next up, we have a movie called The Black Coat's Daughter. This is a film that was originally titled February, but they changed it because of reasons. It's time for parents to visit their daughters at an all-girls boarding school. One girl's parents don't show, and a fellow student is assigned to watch over her. Rumor has it that the girl walked in on her parents performing a satanic ritual, and it drove her mad. Sinister events start to unfold as a girl isn't what she seems. This movie does look better than satanic did, but it still doesn't look that great. Uh, I don't think this is going to be one of the surprise horror movies that come out of nowhere, like The Duke or It Follows. Roz, somewhat nerdy's resident horror expert, has recommended a plethora of movies that just look a lot better than this one. This movie stars Emma Roberts, who's daughter of Eric Roberts and niece to Julia Roberts. She was in things like Scream Queens, the TV show, and the TV show American Horror Story. She was in that for a couple seasons. This also has Lauren Hawley in it. Remember the original Dumb and Dumber? She played the one that Lloyd and Harry were trying to get the briefcase back to. And lastly, this has Kiernan Shipka, who was in Mad Men for... I think the whole run, she played Sally Draper. This looks just like a mediocre at best horror movie. The only way I would see it is if Roz sees it and says it's actually pretty good. I would trust him. My vote, pass. Just pass. 
All right, folks, we have one more movie left to talk about this week, and that's Undrafted. When 12 ragtag teammates set out to play what should be a meaningless summer baseball game, it ends up becoming the most important game of their lives. This may be interesting just because it's written, directed, and starring Joseph Mazzello, who many of you would recognize as Tim from Jurassic Park. You know, the little the little boy who almost got stepped on by a T-Rex and who almost got eaten by a raptor and who almost had a car fall on him. This also has Tyler Hoechlin, who is in the Teen Wolf TV show, and James Belushi, a name I haven't thought of for a long time. He was in the classic comedy Canine as well as a sitcom According to Jim. Undrafted doesn't look like a bad movie. It just doesn't look good. I I thought this was going to be a straight-to-DVD offering, but apparently it's actually going to get some theater time, and it's probably going to be a very limited release. If you like baseball and you like comedy, then, hey, check it out. It might be your thing. But this really looks like the kind of movie you're... You have a day off, you're just trying to catch up on some chores, you turn on the TV to see what's on, and there it is. So you don't, you don't care enough to change a channel, and it's interesting enough to be entertaining, while not interesting enough to suck all your attention away from your chores. That's kind of what it looks like to me. So my vote, pass. Unless you're a huge fan of sports movies and this just floats your boat. And with that, friends... This episode of Future Flicks comes to a close. This was supposed to be a short episode, but I guess I really went off on a couple rants there. But as always, thank you for listening. I really do appreciate that. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Please rate me. I would love it if you gave me the highest rating possible. But as always, be honest. Check out the Somewhat Nerdy website and all the other great things we do. Listen to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. It is hilarious and done by a great group of guys. And remember, no matter what you do this week, just find some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off.